serial killers. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. Am I right? Ha. <laughs> this is weird. I don't really know where to start. Uh, welcome to Spilling Eve. My name is Christy LaPointe. And today we are going to talk about the premiere episode of season three of Killing Eve. And I'm really excited to do that. But before we jump in, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping, uh, because we are living in some really strange times. And the last time the show was on the air and the last time we recorded episodes of this podcast, things were really different. So I am not an expert by any means. I'm not going to go on a long diatribe about COVID and the coronavirus. But of course, those things have an impact on all of our lives. And they definitely have an impact on this podcast because we are not going to be able to have guests come over to my apartment to record this show like we usually do and watch the episode together, which is a bummer, but obviously non-negotiable. Everyone to some degree is quarantining, sheltering in place, self-isolating, and it's it's a really hard time. And for those of you who are essential workers and are putting yourselves at risk to help us all, you know, stay fed and healthy, thank you so much. I personally have been at home caretaking for um, my sick partner for about three weeks now, and it's been really challenging. And it's also meant I haven't had much time for anything else. So I am really uh, grateful to have this podcast, but I know that it is going to look a little bit different than our first two seasons did. For future week's episodes, I am hoping to get the technology in place to have some guests who have, you know, high quality recording equipment of their own, be able to record and talk with me in real time, and we'll be able to splice those audio files together. I'm not really interested in having call-in guests for like an hour each week. I just find that audio quality is not good enough and kind of annoying to listen to as an avid podcast listener myself. Uh, So yeah, I hope you will stick with us. And we're also going to be incorporating a lot more listener interaction this season by necessity. And that means more emails. If you guys send in voice memos and voicemails, we're going to we're going to amp that up, which I'm really excited about. So without further ado, let us get into this episode. It's back, baby. Killing Eve. Season three, episode one, slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. Directed by Terry McDonough, written by new showrunner Suzanne Heathcote. Before joining and, you know, essentially taking over Killing Eve, Suzanne had written on Fear the Walking Dead and had also worked on the show C. And now this is her baby. And it's kind of wild. And I, I have to admit that she is also an actor writer as both previous uh head writers have been and that's that's me i am also a multi-hyphenate performer writer so it's very exciting for me to see these kinds of women getting these huge opportunities that i aspire to but like i was saying i have to admit as a fan and as a viewer it makes me nervous because it's like having your child be raised by three different people. A showrunner is the heart and soul of 
a television program. So switching showrunners every season is a really sort of a risky way to operate, especially such a popular show. So I was nervous last season when Emerald Fennell took over uh, and it did change the show and it did take away some of the humor and wit a little bit for me. Uh, But there was still stuff I liked about the second season. And now that we have a new new showrunner, I'm sure it will change the show in, in different ways. So let's just get into the episode. Obviously, I don't have a guest with me this week, so it's going to be a little bit shorter. I can only ramble for so long. But uh, there's a lot to talk about because holy shit, did this episode end with a shock I was not expecting and have still not fully processed. And I can't stop going on Reddit and Twitter just to see what everyone else is saying about it. So let's get into it. The episode starts with neither Eve nor Villanelle, bold, and instead we have this cold open of a female gymnast in Moscow in 1974, Dasha, and she's getting reamed out for not being perfect, essentially, and then a guy comes to sort of patronizingly console her, she briefly makes out with him, and then brutally murders him, ending with pouring some of the, like, hand chalk... I think gymnasts use, do they? Tell me, gymnasts. Uh, Pouring it into his face all over his head, which is brutal and felt like a very fitting way to jump back into this world. And then when the show actually starts, we see kids at a wedding and cut back to a bride giving a speech and we reveal that she is marrying Villanelle, shock. And Villanelle uh, gets up to give her speech and it's not received very well. She's sort of making these weird jokes and no one's there for it. She keeps talking about her ex and how happy she is her ex is dead, obviously alluding to Eve. And it's like she sees something out of the corner of her eye. When they're dancing, she can't focus on her bride at all. She doesn't even seem interested in her. And at first I was like, oh, is Eve there? Or is she, you know, imagining Eve? But actually it's an older woman who, when Villanelle clocks, runs at and pummels and they start having this insane fight. And it's, of course, the grown Dasha, who we learn is Villanelle's kill mentor slash I don't know maybe she trained her initially is Villanelle also a gymnast maybe who could say uh so pandemonium ensues at the wedding and it just becomes incredibly chaotic and then we cut to Villanelle and the woman Dasha driving away in the just married car which is a very funny visual And then we cut. This episode had so many cuts. And I know that's something that people have complained about a lot online. I sympathize with the writers and the production team in wanting to get a lot of information out in this first episode to establish a lot, to show a lot. But there there were so many cuts. It went so fast. So first of all, we go to MI6. And we learn Carolyn is a little bit in trouble because of all the shenanigans that have gone down. And she has a new boss slash babysitter slash overseer. There's Paul, who seems like a real knob. And then there's Diane, who seems like a bit of a bore. And Carolyn alludes to maybe have them having a personal beef. Uh, And Carolyn is sitting just for a moment in sort of this 
uh, hearing, having to just answer to the bureaucracy. And it's like the least powerful we've ever seen her, that disparity of power between her and these people who are now in charge of her it feels particularly brutal for her. And then we see Eve grocery shopping and it's a bit of a misdirect, but we find out pretty fast that she's actually in England in New Maiden. Surprise, surprise. I didn't do my geography homework for this. Where's New Maiden? UK listeners, please tweet or email me. Enlighten me. Um, should I buy a map? Uh, anyway, she's there and Eve is dressed in what I can only describe as quarantine chic. It made me laugh out loud when I saw her on screen because she's wearing sweats and she looks really run down and not great. But looking at her, I just felt like such a reflection of myself and how I have been dressing every day pretty much for the last month living in my basement apartment. Uh, so I thought it was funny that you know, something that's meant to illustrate like how bad Eve is right now, how she's really at the bottom just made me feel like, oh, is she also living in self-isolation life? Hilarious. Uh, she drops something. She checks out. She drops stuff outside. Like things are not going well for Eve. We get it. Cut to Barcelona. Dasha is trying to pull Villanelle back into the fold and is trying to compel her to come back. And she's flattering her. They have a conversation about power that's really interesting. And Villanelle basically says she'll come back if she can be a keeper, which Dasha kind of laughs at, saying that that's higher than her, higher than Constantine even. And then they have this real intense, like, fake chokeout moment. And they are just, they seem like two sides of the same coin. Like obviously Villanelle has been formed in Dasha's image and it's very interesting seeing that sort of mutual respect and distrust of each other. Cut to Kenny at his new job. So Kenny is an investigative reporter of some kind. We see his co-workers talking to him about like he has to be nerdy because they're all nerdy but he won't go to pub trivia with them and they're annoyed and they're like what you have friends it's a place called bitter pill it's like a website and then we cut again right away we see eve at her new job which is making dumplings in the back of an asian restaurant she gets an offer from presumably the owner or manager to work in front of house and she says no i don't want to i'm happy in the kitchen and then we cut again to Papa K, sweet, wonderful, beautiful Constantine in a souvenir shop in London. And finally, a moment of levity and real comedy. I felt like this was like the first time I was really laughing out loud in this whole episode was Constantine in the souvenir shop. He keeps getting phone calls. He's got like three different phones. It's some real kind of <laughs> physical humor and he kills it. And the woman working at the souvenir shop asks, he buys this little tchotchke for his daughter and she asks, oh, does she love London? And he's like, no, she hates it. That's why I'm sending it to her. And then we cut to Dasha teaching gymnastics and Villanelle gets offered sort of a promotion. It seems like maybe not full keeper, but like a step up from where she is. And then we cut to Eve and her shitty apartment. And she has this moment with the toilet paper again. I was like, toilet paper, Eve, are you like, 
is this a premonition to COVID world? I don't understand how you know so much. It's like she's clairvoyant about what our world is actually like now. Uh, and she sends a text to Kenny. And then we cut back to Papa K, who is, okay, I have to just take a moment. He is watching Faulty Towers. <gasps> I died. I, for those of you who don't know, Faulty Towers is a British sitcom by John Cleese. And I grew up watching a ton of British comedy. My parents were big fans. And we watched Faulty Towers so much, probably too much. It's very dry. It's very funny. It's very slapsticky. Uh, it being on during Killing Eve, I legitimately felt like I was having a fever dream. It felt like different things from different parts of my brain were just mashing together in a weird Mad Lib. And I loved seeing Constantine just eating up Basil Fawlty's ridiculousness. And I thought it was so fun. And it was by far my favorite part of the episode. If you are also uh, someone who's familiar with Faulty Towers, if that moment also struck you, please reach out. I need to talk with someone about this. So he gets his food delivered. And of course, there's a, a message to keep fishing, yada yada instructions with the food, because no one can ever just get their food delivered. It's always got to be something from the 12, some big spy murder, murder thing. Uh, and then we cut again to Kenny showing up at Eve's and he is worried because she sent that weird text and she's like, no, I didn't. She's obviously so out of it. And Eve uh, and Kenny have this lovely heart to heart and they just sit side by side and it is so tender and it is so sweet. And even before we reached the end of this episode, I was just so taken with their love for each other, but especially Kenny's love towards and loyalty towards Eve. Like he has picked Eve over his own mother, over his career. He has been there for her and he genuinely cares about her. And he invites her to come hang out at his new shitty job and have drinks with him. And he just, he, he really cares about her. And there's a real moment where he starts to ask about Nico and she thinks he's talking about Villanelle and it's very telling. Uh, and it, it's just tender, tender, tender. So then we cut to Girona. Hey, anyone who knows about geography, where is that, please? Uh, Villanelle is dressed up as a delivery person with like the ugliest weird short hair wig. And she looks like a little ridiculous. Like if she had a fake mustache on, it would only be a tiny half step farther than I feel like this outfit is. And she has a moment with the shopkeeper. They talk about grandfathers and it's almost sweet for a minute. And you legitimately have a moment of thinking like, Oh, has Villanelle changed? Is she not going to kill this woman? Is she talking about grandfathers with her and she was going to get married or she did get married to that woman at the beginning? Like maybe it's different. And then immediately Villanelle murders the shopkeeper and it's brutal. And she pulls the ladder out from under her. And then when that's not enough, she like bashes the skull in. And in a moment that kind of echoes Dasha's 1974 kill, she pours the saffron all over this woman into her mouth. Then we cut to Kenny and Carolyn having a real mother-son moment. And it's a, a bit of a spat, if I may be so bold as to use that term. They are kind of fighting and they're packing stuff up and getting ready for a move. And 
Kenny is mad that Carolyn won't apologize for what she's done. And Carolyn is trying to explain, like, I stand by my decisions and I love you, but I'm not going to apologize. I I think what I have done is is justified. And they don't really come to an agreement, but there's a bit of a peace offering over fish and chips. And they agree to have fish and chips when Kenny gets back from work that night, even though she thinks it's ridiculous that he has to go work on a weekend for this weird website he's working for completely uh, ignoring the fact that she made him work weekends all the time when he worked for her. Then we cut to uh, probably my least favorite scene of the episode, which was the Nico and Eve meetup scene. I understand why it was in there. Uh, It was sort of showing us how disillusioned Eve is that she she was like, yeah, I, I see Nico all the time and things are fine. But in this scene, we learn that Nico is not fine and is not happy with Eve and is not cool with sort of the cover they've had to uh, have over what happened with murders in the previous season. And he is playing along because he has no choice, but he just seems so done with Eve And she seems a little bit uh, delusional about the state of their relationship. Then we cut back to Kenny at work, just chomping down on some Haribo gummy candy. And this is the moment where I gasped. And I had such a realization. And I thought, why did I not think of this sooner? But seeing him alone eating that candy, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. This is this is not good. And earlier in the episode, maybe like a a halfway into the episode, I had thought it's weird we're seeing so much Kenny. Uh, It's great. I love it. I love this character, but it seems weird. And then at this (laughs) Haribo candy moment, I was like, oh, I get why they've shown us so much Kenny. No. So then we cut to Eve at work and her coworkers are continuing to talk about this obviously cheating partner and she sort of snaps and is like look you you know what's going on he knows what's going on I know what's going on stop fooling yourself whatever whatever and she leaves and she decides to take Kenny up on his offer to have drinks at his work so she goes over there and meanwhile cut back to Kenny at work oh no surprise surprise he hears something it sounded like three freight elevators just falling out of the sky, but it's very loud, scary sounds. And then Eve arrives at his work and she can't find him. There's no one there. The music is still playing in his headphones. Oh my gosh. She calls his phone. His phone's there. What's that? Something falls out of the window. She runs over. She looks down, peers down. She can barely see, which as a short person, I could really relate to. It's a body. She runs down. Of course. It's our dear Kendrick. I assume that's his full name. Guys, I cannot not make an oh my god, they killed Kenny joke here. But guys, they killed Kenny. And that is where the episode ends. She she runs down. She moves his head just a little so she can like ID his face, which gross and also contaminating a crime scene much. But it's him. And they killed Kenny. And that is how season three, episode one ends holy shit so that's a lot a lot happened they're introducing us to this new new character but they killed off such a beloved one and if there's anything this show has always been comfortable doing it's killing off main characters who are 
you know, wonderful integral parts of the show, it really made me think of them killing Bill in the first season. Kill Bill, killing, kill Kenny. Is that anything? Nope. Uh, so, but yeah, like Bill being killed felt so shocking and jarring and something on another show that would never happen and especially never happen that quickly into a first season. Like he is a vital, important character you expect to be around forever. And Kenny felt the same to me. And it was just such a reminder like, oh yeah, no one is safe in this show ever. No one is ever safe. Uh, but it made me so sad. And thankfully, most of you seem to agree with me, uh, at least on Twitter and in the Facebook group. Like, people are mourning Kenny. I was so sad. I had an audible gasp when I realized that was probably what was going to happen. Alone, in my living room, just gasping for poor old Kenny. And it makes a lot of sense why they did this. I mean, this is a real natural trigger to bring Eve back into the world. Even Carolyn team up to avenge Kenny's death and probably they'll blame Villanelle, yada, yada. Like it, from a story logic perspective, I get it. But from a, oh, my heart perspective, I don't want Kenny to be dead. Uh, he's doing, the actor who plays Kenny is doing an AMA on Reddit on Tuesday. So that's either today, if you're listening as this podcast comes out or it's already been done. I can't wait to check it out and see what he has to say. But oh, oh, what a heartbreak. Oh, you guys, Kenny. I didn't, I just wanted to see Eve and Kenny drinking some beers, shooting the shit, hanging out. Is that too much to ask? I know that's not this show. So um, I don't, I mean, unless I have a full on eulogy right now, I think this is probably the time to move on to segments. So let's do our tops. Whew, it's been a while. It's fun to do, fun to do segments. Gotta, gotta, got a damn podcast to do. You know what I mean? The show must go on. Top kill. Uh, this is a hard one for me because there weren't that many kills. They weren't that flashy. I, I mean, Villanelle's kill was dramatic, but it didn't feel very villanelle to me. In fact, she didn't feel that villanelle to me in this whole episode. There wasn't that playful except when she was talking to the little girls in the gymnastic class I didn't get a lot of that playful twinkle in her eye mischief um so I guess for my top kill I'll go with Dasha's at the beginning mostly just because it was different and interesting and really visceral felt very instinctual um yeah I guess I guess that's it top kill moving on top line so for me my favorite scene I think in the whole other than Faulty Towers obviously um in the whole episode was Eve and Kenny having their adorable heart-to-heart hangout time in her apartment even before I knew what was gonna happen to Kenny uh Eve said I prefer things and Kenny filled in buried well that's very British and Eve seemed so pleased by that. And I loved it so much because they're talking about like severe psychological mental health issues that she definitely needs to deal with. But instead, she's almost proud that her ability to like sublimate them and just crush those feelings down has made her more British. There's like a nationalist pride to it, uh, which was really funny and also really sad and depressing. But it was a good line. 
And Top Ship, obviously, I mean, it is, it is Kenny and Eve, purely platonically, nothing romantic there ever. But what a, what a relationship. He, he sacrificed so much for her. He was so loyal to her. He cared about her so much. Oh, R.I.P. Kenny. Pour one out for Kenny. Okay. That brings us to our next and final segment of this week's show, which is, of course, Eve Mail. Eve Mail. Um, So for this week, I am just going to do one Eve Mail. But moving forward, I think we're probably going to do a few more. So if that is something you are interested in doing, shoot us an email to spillingeve at gmail.com or record yourself on your phone with an audio message one minute or under and we will play it on the show. Today's Eve mail comes from Isabel Segadelli. Hopefully I didn't butcher that, Isabel. And Isabel says, hi, Christy. Binge listened to the pod leading up to season three and have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for all the work you put into it. You're welcome. Uh, I'll preface this by saying I enjoyed the first episode. It did its job of setting up the plot for the rest of the season, which I feel like most TV series use the first episode of a season to do. And I'm just happy Killing Eve is back. And then in parentheses she wrote, but I'm not a critic, so maybe I'm just easy to please. Ha. I'll jump straight into answering your questions on the Facebook group. And then she gives her top kill top line and top ship and her top line was in the gymnasium dasha points to villanelle and says you see this woman she was useless just like you which i love and her top ship was villanelle and dasha which i thought was very interesting her question is do you think the wedding was necessary it doesn't seem like it's going to come back later in the story although i guess since she didn't kill her bride villanelle is technically a married woman now so maybe For me, it was the only random bit of the episode. Love to hear your thoughts. All the best, Isabel. Isabel, thank you for that wonderful question. I think it's a really interesting one. I think the wedding was a bit random, and I hope that they bring that bride character back into the season. Uh, We talk a lot on this show, for good reason, about queer baiting, and there is a a little part of me that feels like, were you just showing Villanelle getting married to a woman so you can be like, ah, look, we show the gays on our show? Um, Because it, it had a little bit of that feeling to me in a really gross way. But hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they will, you know, show us more of who that character was or bring her in or we'll have something to do with the stakes for Villanelle at some point. Um, So we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. How did you all feel about the wedding? Please uh, tweet us or send us email and let us know. I thought it was a really interesting set piece and there maybe was just an element of you know, wanting to show the chaos and pandemonium and show what Villanelle's life had been like in sort of the interim time. But yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. So to sum up my feelings about this week's episode, I feel like they established a lot. I feel like Kenny's death was jarring and shocking and very uh, eye-catchy. But I I, yeah, I didn't feel like there was as much humor as I like. I know I'm harping on this a lot today, but I, I miss, I miss that dark, biting comedy, uh, especially from Villanelle's character, but kind of across the board. And yeah, I, I'm really curious to see where this season goes. I mean, I, I have hope, 
but I'm also a little bit nervous. What does a new showrunner mean? What will she bring to this? What sensibility and tone is this show sort of going to veer into next? I thought the acting in this episode was phenomenal. The performances are always really strong on this show, but Sandra Oh in particular, showing that kind of mixture of grief and despondence and uh, just being so stuck in her new circumstances and kind of in denial I thought I thought she did it beautifully and I loved seeing of course Jodie Comer again and meeting you know some some new friends and I thought there was a lot there but I'm really curious to see where this season will go and I'm I'm curious to see what you guys think about it as well. Did you enjoy the new setup? Were you, like Isabel, just happy to have Killing Eve back and not that critical of anything they were doing yet? Uh, or did you feel like it was a bit boring or it wasn't for you or you didn't feel like it felt the same? I know a lot of people, aside from just the edits, talked about the look of the show feeling really different, different camera angles and I know for me watching it live on television is so hard when you're used to watching it with no commercial breaks because it it makes it an already choppy episode feel even more disjointed and choppy and it felt like there were a thousand commercial breaks in the one episode so I don't know if maybe I'll try to watch it right after on a streaming service instead of uh, on TV here in Canada but I think that affects sort of our viewing experience yeah so that's sort of that's sort of my feelings so far on this season season three thank you all so much for tuning back in thank you for all of your love and support during the hiatus if you are not already following us on the social medias we are at spilling eve oops almost forgot the name of this podcast at spilling eve on twitter and instagram and you can join our wonderful facebook discussion group i will leave the link to that in the show notes of this episode send us your eve mail spilling eve at gmail.com we want to hear from you it makes all the difference in the world and also thank you so much to everyone who has left itunes feedback reviews and ratings it helps us show up in the feeds the feeds? I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. How do algorithms work? It helps this show be shown to more people. And it has been kind of mind blowing to me. I know I've requested it in previous seasons. But to see so many people in so many different countries around the world rating and reviewing this podcast and leaving almost always positive feedback, it's so heartwarming and it it really makes all of this worth it so thank you so much thank you to those of you who have recommended the podcast to your friends and yeah we are gonna we are gonna get through this uh together and we are going to figure out you know what this new world where we are all so much more isolated looks like and And I know for me, it's been so vital to have things to look forward to and people to talk with, whether that's over Zoom or Skype or house party or, you know, just emailing and even in the Facebook group for this podcast. So thank you so much to all of the frontline workers who have been working so hard and, uh, Thank you to all of you who are just staying at home and helping us, you know, fight this this terrible, terrible virus that is tearing through the world 
we are going to watch this show and we are going to vent and rant about it and hopefully be very excited by certain things. We will be here every week. So remember, do not kill anyone. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 